What's up, everyone, and welcome to Roots of Humanity, a podcast that celebrates the beautiful people and culture of our world. My name is Drew Binsky. I'm a world traveler and content creator who has spent the past 12 years traveling to all 197 countries in the world. In episode 28 of Roots of Humanity, I host my own personal Q&A after a five-month trip around the world, from Europe to Africa to Asia, visiting over 20 countries like Serbia, Qatar, South Sudan, Vietnam, Japan, and more. Now that I'm back home in sunny Arizona, I'm ready to respond to your questions which I've asked on Instagram. There's over 2,000 of them to go through. What's the best way to start learning video editing? What's your ethnicity? What's your favorite country of all time? From how it would be different to travel as a woman, to how to keep a healthy diet while on the road, and how to respond to stressful situations in dangerous places, I lay down all my best tips and tricks out there on the table. Did you ever wonder if I plan to go to space? Or the fact that I have my own personal wedding in a few months? Am I planning to have kids? What's next for Drew Binsky? Find out everything and more as I spill the beans in my most intimate podcast to date. Thanks for tuning in and let's get into it. All right, what's going on everyone? Drew Binsky here from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, actually in my house right now. I just got back from basically a five-month trip around the world. I started in Europe for a few months, and then I was in Africa, in South Sudan, Ethiopia, and then I made my way to Asia, Philippines, Vietnam, Laos, Indonesia, uh, Thailand, Japan. So it's been a wild last few months of travel, finally um, able to freely be on the road without too many COVID restrictions, and I was filming like a madman. I got enough content for the next uh, four months, so I'm kind of taking a backseat now, focusing on the podcast, focusing on many other things in, um, in the business and really just enjoying my time home with family and friends and my wife and everything else like that. So yeah, in, in this podcast, I just wanted to do a little catch up with you guys in the form of a Q&A. So I posted up on my Instagram earlier. Um, if anybody has any questions for my podcast, I'm doing a Q&A, let me know. And I have over 2000 of them. So I kind of sifted through and found the best ones. And we're going to use this format just to catch you up on all things related to travel, YouTube, uh, personal life, making money, sports, anything you guys are interested in, I am more than happy to spend the next half hour or so answering your questions. So I think we should just jump right into it. All right, from Raku Paku on Instagram, she said, do you think many of the experiences you had worldwide would differ if you were a woman? That's a good question and it's hard for me to answer. I will say that I have many female friends who are hardcore travelers and some who have even been to every country in the world. And I would say the answer is yes, uh, especially in some countries. It would be more dangerous uh, to walk around as a woman for obvious reasons. And, but I will say that having regular common sense anywhere, like if you live in Chicago, you probably wouldn't walk down an alley at three in the morning alone, whether you're a male or a female. So I think having regular common sense and taking normal precautions is essential for travel, but yes, I would say that there are situations in, in specific countries, which I'm not going to name, uh, that would be more challenging to, to travel as a female. And I wish it wasn't that way, but that's just a, that's just the reality of, of the world that we live in. From Destiny Rain on Instagram, what is your health like? Do you struggle with any illnesses from all the traveling you do? Thank you for checking in. Um, Health-wise, I think I'm doing fine. I've been at the same body weight for the last 12 years, more or less five pounds. When I'm on the road, I'm really active. I move a lot, um, walking a lot, five to 10 miles a day, 
and I try to eat relatively healthy. Lately, I've been cutting out bread and sugar, which has been really helpful to not gain weight. I think the key is just to stay active, stay in motion, hiking, golfing, walking, trekking, biking. All of this stuff adds up, and it's much better than sitting in a car or sitting on your couch or on your chair in the living room, like I'm doing now. But overall, uh, I'm great, knock on wood. Um, I don't have any um, serious health issues, and uh, I plan to keep it that way. From Mummy S-A-P-H on Instagram, what's your ethnicity? So I am fully Jewish on both sides and Eastern European. So Ashkenazi Jew uh, from the country specifically of present day Lithuania, Austria, and Germany to my knowledge and, and Belarus. Those are the places where my grandparents or great grandparents came from. A lot of them came before the war. So they migrated to the US and I'm third generation American now. Well, second generation on my mom's side and third generation on my dad's side. So um, yeah, I'm very proud of my roots as Jewish and I like connecting with my ancestors and uh, different places around the world in, in terms of Judaism. And um, that's, that's kind of the answer. From Chian Chiacha on Instagram, roughly how many days per year do you spend traveling? Well, from 2017 to 2020, it was like nine months of the year I was on the road. Um, now it's more of like six months or five months. Nowadays, I'm trying to focus on quality over quantity in terms of content. I used to post daily videos. Now I'm posting once every 10 days. So my stories have gotten a little bit longer, a little more cinematic, higher production value. So I'm trying to really soak in the trips more than, than just running around like before. From Abdullah38980 on Instagram, what's your favorite country of all time? It's a tough question. You can see the map behind me with all the red pins of all the places I've been. I like to look at regions instead of countries. So I would say the Middle East and Central Asia are my favorite regions. I can name a few countries, um, Tajikistan, Afghanistan, Iran, uh, Lebanon. Those are some of my favorite nations. Also Asia, I'm a huge Asian fan, Japan, South Korea, Vietnam, Philippines, Thailand, Indonesia. It's hard to go wrong with those countries. And Africa and Namibia and Ethiopia are my favorites. And then South America, Venezuela, Brazil, Mexico, and uh, yeah, well, that's, that's a pretty good start. From nmosh32 on Instagram, have you calculated how much it costs you to travel to every country? If so, how much? Well, this is a tough question because I got a lot of freebies on the, on the way, like free flights, collaborations, free hotels. So it's hard for me to gauge, but if someone is starting fresh today and they're gonna try to travel to every country, I would say at the very, very cheapest with flights and cheap hotels and food, it would be like, $80,000 and not the most expensive. I mean, you could go up to 10 million, but uh, maybe 500,000 to do it comfortably, like flying, staying in regular hotels, uh, eating and getting visas and taking tours. I would estimate it cost me around two to 300,000 um, spread over a 10 year period. From Jumpin' Joe on Instagram, if you have kids, do you plan on still traveling? If so, with them or without them? I think we wanna have one kid, not not anywhere in the next few years, but um, I would love to travel with him or her. Why not? I think it would be great. I think it, we, we already have a dog. He's actually behind me right now. He's, he's a little pug. He's laying on my lap. And we brought him to 12 countries um, all over Europe, and it's been great. So I don't see why it would be a huge slowdown. But uh, yeah, it's something that I'm passionate about and uh, looking forward to that chapter when it comes. From Doman on Instagram, what are the best countries to visit for first-time travelers? Well... Anywhere in West or Central Europe is a good start. It depends where you're from. If you're from the US, I would say go to Canada and Mexico because that's easy to get to. 
If you're from Europe, well, you could just get in a car or a train and get anywhere. Southeast Asia is a great, a great place because it's cheap. It has beautiful nature and culture and friendly people, delicious food, easy to navigate, uh, specifically Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Philippines. Uh, I would start there. And then, you know, if you want to go to Africa, the corners are the best places to start. Morocco, Egypt, and South Africa. From Mango Eater 14 on Instagram, how do you decide what to bring on your trips and how do you deal with airport complications? I am a minimalist. I travel with just two small backpacks, carry-on only. I refuse to check bags because it takes too much time. I don't want to run the risk of the airline losing the bag and I don't want to wait for the bag at my destination knowing that it could be lost. So I pretty much bring the same things every time and I pack for warm destinations. If I do end up visiting a cold place, I will just buy on the road pants and maybe shoes and jackets and stuff. But I try to, I, I mostly stay in warm climates and I just have mostly camera gear these days. Drone, two cameras, GoPro, um, two phones, audio equipment. And that really takes up the majority of my bag. And then I just have a few shirts, a few pairs of underwear, a few socks, and I do laundry like once a week. And how do I deal with airport complications? I mean, that's just part of the journey of visiting every country and traveling like a madman. You just gotta deal with cancellations, delays, um, unfortunate situations, being around annoying people all the time. It's just, uh, it's just what it is and it's part of the sacrifice of doing this for a living. The next question is from ProudMath93 on Instagram. As you've traveled every country on this planet, would you be excited to go to space and see the Earth? Absolutely. The moment I can get in a spaceship or a rocket or whatever aircraft will take me to space, I'm there. I know now it costs like 1.2 million just to take a, like a, as a tourist, you can go to space. Dude Perfect recently did it, these other YouTuber guys, and it was pretty groundbreaking. But yeah, whenever the chance is around, I'm, I'm there. Question from Frank Messen on Instagram. What's the best way to start learning video editing? The best way is just to start. Uh, I taught everything myself on YouTube tutorials. I use Adobe Premiere Pro. I literally knew nothing about cameras or filming uh, or editing, and just learning from experience is honestly the best approach and the best way that you can do anything, not only with filming, with uh, learning how to play tennis or learning how to ride a skateboard. I mean, YouTube is amazing and everything is available for free and that's what we should take advantage of. And also, the more you do something, the better you get, like any other skill. Question from Jiri Solal 7 How do you handle stressful situations, for example, when visiting dangerous countries? It's tough. I mean, I have anxiety from all the checkpoints that I've been to and all the skeptical situations with cameras and filming and being a quote-unquote journalist and sneaking into places and crossing borders. It's tough. Uh, I'm addicted to the thrill of the adrenaline to go to places like Libya and Yemen and Somalia and find the good out of a, a quote-unquote unsafe country. But that's just something I push myself towards and I've gotten really good at picking up social cues, human cues, uh, figuring out how to read people really well, staying calm in potentially dangerous situations. These are all skills that I've learned as I've traveled and um, I always look forward to those. I mean, I'm, I feel way happier in places like Syria than France or Papua New Guinea than Italy or something. So that's just uh, how it is. And as a content creator, I'm always looking to tell that story and putting yourself at risk and going places that most people don't go is already kind of a way to stand out from the crowd. Question from Corey Everyday on Instagram. What advice would you give to an aspiring vlogger if they're not that confident on camera? This is something that takes years and years of practice and exposure to, to really get, to master. Um, I, I still sometimes feel weird holding 
a big Sony in front of my face with a, with a big mic and walking through a big square in a main city with people watching. It's, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but you just gotta think about the big picture that your video is gonna get viewed by thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. And how many people are watching you in real life? Like 10, 20, 30, 50? So if you do the math, you just gotta block them out in real life and realize that your content is gonna be seen by so many more people and inspire so many people. And that's really the end goal that I think about uh, when I'm filming. So it just gets a lot easier with practice is the answer. From TannerRab13 on Instagram, what's your favorite city in each major North American country? That's a great question. Never been asked that before. Um, I would say Toronto, Chicago, Oaxaca, Antigua, Guatemala. Um, that's my dog snoring behind me if you guys hear something. So <laughs> um, Havana, Cuba, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, Montego Bay, Jamaica. Those are probably some of my top favorite capital cities or big cities in North American countries. Speaking of North America, and the Caribbean, Big Zelly says, what's your favorite thing about Cuba? Oh man, Cuba is fantastic. I'm not a huge fan of the Caribbean. I think it's repetitive and kind of boring comparative to, let's say the Pacific Islands, which is full of life and culture. Um, I do think it's beautiful in the Caribbean, but culturally speaking, Cuba is the most fascinating. It's like a time machine back to the 50s with the cars and the cigar culture and the way that there's barely any Wi-Fi and just the way that the society is running, it's so lost in time and it's amazing. It's pure, the people are so kind and there's a lot to do. And I, also, I love baseball, I'm a huge baseball fan and the fact that so many amazing baseball players come out of Cuba and I went to like a baseball match there and oh, I uh, have really fond memories of Cuba and I hope to go back whenever I can get the visa. From Helena Carivas, how do you make a living? So primarily through YouTube, AdSense, ad revenue, and Facebook, and then also sponsors on my videos. I also make money through other mediums such as podcasting. Uh, there's ads on podcast, merchandise. I sell merchandise. I have a course, a travel hacking course, you know, drewbinski.com slash course, where I teach all the best tips, hacks, and secrets for how to visit every country, how to save money on the road, diving into credit cards, diving into how to, how to find cheap flights and accommodations and how to make local friends, how to budget yourself on a trip, what are the best travel apps, all that is in my course. And um, you know, we've sold over 800 of them, which inspiring a lot of people. So uh, I, if you do need some travel tips, I would highly encourage you guys to check it out. Also, I do speaking engagements, I do some writing gigs, um, anything else I can find on the, on the road I do, but primarily sponsors and ad revenue is how I make 80% of my income. From FMES Ba, can you tell us the story of how you began your travel blogs and how you started it? I was teaching English in South Korea. I moved there in 2013, right after college, and I had a lot of free time on my job. So I started a travel blog. I worked on it really hard for two years, wrote 500 articles within those years, which is basically an article a day. My blog was at a point where when I finished in Korea, I was making some money off of it from ads maybe 2,000 bucks a month, and that allowed me to travel really cheaply, which is exactly what I did in 2015, 2016, traveling through India for a few months, Eastern Europe and Asia, and then picking up a video camera in 2017, and that started everything that changed my life in terms of video content. I went to North Korea at that time, and one of my first videos got 10 million views, and overnight I kind of evolved into a, a travel video content creator, and that's what I've been doing for five years as I visited every country and just making videos along the way. And it's been an amazing blessing and I'm very grateful for the opportunities I have. And I'm still very focused on helping you guys become better travelers, saving money, 
making traveling more accessible, sharing stories. That's actually why I've relaunched my travel blog. It's just uh, drewbinskyworld.com. And on there, I have a lot of articles that I've been writing and travel tips and all my travel hacks and credit cards. You know, credit cards is really the, the best travel hack where you can get essentially free money to use for up flight upgrades or free hotels or Uber rides or get access to airport lounges. And I have a breakdown of all my favorite travel reward credit cards on my site and stuff like that. I just want to help you guys out to make traveling easier and more fun. So that's really how it all started. From H. Stahl-Schmidt, how did traveling change your personality and perspective, understanding life, purpose, and religion? Traveling simply makes you wiser. It makes you bolder. It makes you more confident. It teaches you about the world in ways that you can't learn in any movie or textbook or YouTube. Uh, physically going places, breaking stereotypes, meeting with people eye to eye, hearing their stories, and just following your curiosity. I mean, you learn as you travel. Like, I learned about the pyramids of Sudan, that they're older than the pyramids of Egypt and why they exist by going to Sudan. And I would probably never have learned that if I didn't go to Sudan. About religion, I mean, all religions are the same. Everybody, they all preach to be better people, not to steal, to treat everyone with respect, take care of your family, give back to the poor, whether it's Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, Hindu, Sikhism, Judaism, um, Baha'i faith, they're all connected. And, I've really learned that we are all the same as I've traveled. All humans are the same, no matter how you look at it. And um, traveling just made me a more well-rounded, wiser person. And I can understand conversations better. I can read people better. I can, when I watch a movie, I can instantly relate wherever they are. When I meet someone, I know I can talk about their homeland. So it's pretty cool. And I'm really glad that I traveled. From FMESBA, do you prefer traveling alone or with a group and why? It depends. Um, there's a lot of benefit to solo travel, just to be able to do things when you want, on your own clock, not having to worry about anything, but sharing an experience with a significant other or a good friend, like one other person, I think is ideal. Once you get more than one person on a trip, everyone's got, you know, someone's gotta go to the bathroom, someone's sick, someone has an issue, or they bring the mood down, and it's harder to get on the same page with, with more than one person. So either traveling with one person, I feel like going to like more dangerous countries or more off the beaten path is better with someone so you can share that experience of crazy things happening. And if you go to a country like Japan, where I was last week, uh, going alone is just fantastic. From M. M. Connie Gallerio, favorite sports team. So many of you guys might not know I'm a huge sports nut. I grew up playing baseball, competitive golf and hockey, and I just love sports all around. I'm a huge Chicago sports fan for my dad. He grew up in Chicago, so Cubs, Bears, Blackhawks, Bulls. Uh, also a big Wisconsin Badgers fan, my university, and those are really the teams that I follow religiously. Even when I travel, I wake up to watch the games and check the scores. And it's just a really fun passion of mine is not only watching and rooting for sports teams, but playing golf. I play a lot and it's kind of my detox and it's my happiness. And something that I really look forward to um, around the world because there's golf courses everywhere. And if you've never played, I highly suggest picking it up because there's always places to go play golf and enjoy the day, enjoy the world. <laughs> Funny question from Ivan. Uh, why don't some native English speakers learn new languages even when they travel? I think you're specifically referring to Americans here. Um, and that's because in the US, we don't really have people speaking other languages nearby. We have Spanish close by and French uh, in Canada. But within the US, everyone really communicates in English and we don't have that cross-cultural identity like in Europe. Anywhere you are in Europe, you can drive a couple hours and you're in a new country with a new language. Even in Asia or in Africa, you hop borders and they're just different languages. Um, here, 
very much English and people stick to it. And maybe we're a little bit um, naive and we're a little bit self-centered, so we don't need to learn other languages. And I think it's a problem. I think starting with Spanish and or French or Arabic or Russian, those would be just game changers to learn for Americans. Um, so I wish we would learn more and I wish we would respect cultures more as we travel because that's another thing that I see like Americans disrespecting others or having a fight in the bar or being obnoxious and that stuff really bothers me. From Dreamer in the Gulf, what was the most life-changing experience you had? That's a hard question. I'll give a few. Um, Spending time with the Pygmy tribe in Central African Republic was amazing. Uh, just the remoteness and the fact that they had never seen another tourist or white person in their life. And the fact at the end of the couple days, they told me that, wow, we're all the same. And that was really cool to hear that from them. Uh, going to Afghanistan or Yemen, those countries are challenging, but so rewarding and beautiful and amazing culture. Uh, so those are some of the most life-changing trips I've been on, Syria included. My trip to India, my three-month solo trip to India in 2015 was pretty life-changing. Showing my true colors and all the situations I was in, all the, the stressful situations I was in, how to navigate it, that was a, a big time in my life. Uh, that was before I made videos, unfortunately, but that was uh, really a fun time. And when I look back on seven years ago, it's like coming up on eight years ago. It's crazy to think it was that long ago, but I grew a lot from that trip, I would say. From... Chaya and Chacha, are you a rewards member for multiple airlines or hotels or do you just focus on one? I am a gold member on Star Alliance, One World and Sky Team, which those are the three biggest airline alliances and that covers like 60 of the biggest airlines in the world. So when I have gold, that means I can board the plane first, I can get my boarding pass early, I can get upgraded to first class, I get free check bags, I get access to the lounge, they take extra good care of you, you can get free changes. And that's just because I fly so much and I was bumped up on all of them. And with hotels, I'm mostly a Hyatt. I'm a Globalist member, which is a Hyatt status. And Marriott, I'm a gold member, not platinum. So I usually stay at Hyatt or Marriott if I can, just to uh, save money there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to have those perks when you travel a lot, I would say. But the other ones, like I also fly budget airlines if they're cheap and they don't have an alliance. So then I just, like AirAsia or Cebu Pacific or Jetstar, you just fly them and you know, you just get the cheap flight and move on. From Abochuk6, can you travel to Iran after previously visiting Israel? First off, I wanna say that I love Iran. I'm devastated by what's been going on lately. I'm happy to see that there's a revolution and people are raising their voices, but it's terrible what's been happening. And it's such a beautiful country and I wish I could go back and I wish I could share some more stories from Iran because I'm really passionate about it. And it's just terrible what's, how people are being killed in the street for not wearing a hijab. It's absolutely terrible. But if you have an Israel stamp, you cannot visit Iran, but Israel stopped stamping like 10 years ago. So if your passport has an Israel stamp from more than 10 years ago, you cannot enter Iran or Afghanistan or Libya or Yemen or Egypt or Syria or Lebanon or other countries. But yeah, if you visit Israel, you don't get stamped for that reason. And then you can definitely visit Iran. But if you're American, you have to get the visa at the Pakistan embassy um, and it takes a while and it's they're tedious and it's tough. But if you have an EU passport, you can just enter Iran freely just uh, across the border. From Cool Tuck Tuck 16, why do you have such a strong opinion against India? An accident on a trip can happen anywhere. So I was in a bus crash on my trip to India in 2015. Two people died on the bus. It was terrible. Of course, that wasn't India's fault. That could happen in Sri Lanka. It could happen in the US. It could happen in Argentina. But India is a country that it's challenging. I, I, I love it and I also dislike it. And I think that there's a lot going on and there's a lot to comprehend. And you know, it's beautiful, it's peaceful, it's hectic and chaotic, and it really brings out your true colors. And it's a place that 
I plan to visit many more times in the future to different regions. It's like a whole continent. But I've had a lot of my worst moments of my life there, like the bus crash and the extreme food poisoning that I've had on several occasions and, you know, getting scammed and all that stuff. But that happens everywhere. I just think it's uh, full of life and beauty and, you know, Taj Mahal and my favorite cities, Jaisalmer and Rajasthan State and up in the mountains in Kashmir. There's so much cool stuff going on. So it's an all-encompassing place, uh, challenges all your senses and your mind and, um, you know, your morals. Um, but India is overall a great place and I can't wait to go back. From Melech Sivan 7, will you ever stop traveling when you're old? No, it's a lifestyle. It's something I love to do. It's my passion. Maybe I'll go on trips less frequently, but I don't think I'm ever going to stop. I mean, I built a whole career around it and my personal interest is crazy for the new places I want to visit. I mean, when I look at that map of places I've been, I see a lot of empty pins on Northern Africa, Australia, Russia, China. There's a lot of regions within those countries that I haven't visited. So definitely always keep going. From Steve Reichman, have you ever experienced anti-Semitism while traveling or felt uncomfortable as a Jew abroad? No. And I'm very vocal about sharing my Judaism with people in Syria or Iran or whatever, and they all think it's interesting. Judaism was a part of the Middle East way before Islam got there, so it's a part of their ancestors and their culture. And I've never had anyone give me hostility towards being a Jew anywhere around the world. In fact, it's the opposite. They're very interested and curious. I have had many people say we don't like Israel, but we don't mind Jews, and that's a different topic. Uh, but no, I've never had anti-Semitism being openly Jewish everywhere. From Damien, are you going to give another chance to Bulgaria? There's so many good places to go there. I'm actually in the process of doing a new series called Second Chance, where I'm going to revisit Chad, Brunei, Bulgaria, Sierra Leone, and other countries, Guyana, that I had bad times in, and give it a second chance, because traveling is so subjective. The bad things that happen to you are out of your control, like the weather, or who you're with, or your health, um, so gotta give it a second chance, of course. From Sherry, a language you've always wanted to learn and haven't yet. Russian, I can read and write, but I can't speak it very well. Um, Arabic, Arabic would be the answer. Um, being able to speak to people in 40 countries would be monumentally beneficial. From Warmy79, can I come on an adventure with you? Are you ever gonna lead trips? I might do that in the future. I think that'd be a fun thing to do, or take a cruise ship with a bunch of people and have an exhibit or a talk or you know hang out with you guys. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot um, in the future, so I'll keep you posted. From Liam, best and worst places in Eastern Europe. I love Eastern Europe. Best, I would say, Serbia, Ukraine. So sorry what's happening in Ukraine. It's terrible, but it's a great country overall. And uh, Romania. And worst, I would say my least favorites, put it that way, are Albania, Bulgaria, because of what happened to me that was out of my control, and let's say maybe Bosnia, but that's just because I didn't have the best time there. But I think it's a great place and I would love to go back. And Eastern Europe in general is far more interesting culturally than Western Europe, in my opinion. From Miles, do you prefer cold or warm climate? I think I prefer cold because you can always put on more layers. And also it's kind of cool to be out with snow and it's just different. Hot, I mean, it's, I visited the hottest place in the world and the coldest place in the world. And I think I enjoyed more the coldest place because I could just more interesting. Hot is just miserable and you can't step outside and you can't do anything and you get dehydrated. So definitely cold. Next question from David. Drew, is it worth teaching English overseas and why? Yes, teaching English was really the gateway of how I got into everything. And it's funny, if you're not a native English speaker, it's okay. I just recorded a podcast with this girl named Basma. This is, will be coming soon. She's Egyptian and she lives in Indonesia and she's teaching Arabic. 
because it's her native language and she teaches remotely so she can travel and she makes money to do that. If you are a native English speaker, you definitely have an advantage because there's a big demand for English around the world. But you can teach your, if you're German, if you're Spanish, you can teach your native language. Uh, and I highly recommend it because A, it's easy. You don't have to prepare much. You, you, it's your native language, so you know it so well, you know? I don't have to think about speaking English. I know how to speak English and I can easily teach it. B, it's a great way to get paid to travel, whether you have to teach in a school, in a physical location, or you teach online. You're essentially getting paid to travel the world, which is awesome, and that's really a dream for everyone. So teaching English is great, and that's sort of what elevated me into content creation, and from there, everything just took off. But if you wanna know how much money I made, um, I think I made 2,000 bucks a month, but in Korea, they paid for my housing, my health insurance, they paid for my phone bill, and they gave me four-week paid vacation each year. I had all kinds of benefits. Um, teaching. So that 2K a month was pocket money. That went straight in my pocket and I was able to travel with that and save it. So it's definitely worth it and um, highly, highly, highly recommend it. From Michaela, Drew, what is the one item that you need to bring with you everywhere you go on your trips? Good question. Um, obviously, I like, I mean, phone, electronics, camera, probably my camera because I just, I, I'm obsessed with documenting things and, you know, it's, it's a way that stories can live forever and I'm obsessed with that kind of thought. Um, same with this podcast. I'm recording it but I can listen to it in 10 years from now so it's cool to document things. Probably my camera. Um, here's a cliche one. Money. My biggest fear is running out of money. So I actually bring a lot of US cash um, in different parts of my bag. Like I have two backpacks but I stash it in like four different parts of each bag. My pockets as well because you never know if you're gonna get kidnapped or mugged or robbed or scammed and you just need to have money available that you can throw at someone and have other availability. It, it would be terrible to run out of money and be in a situation like you're in, let's say the Congo and you ran out of money and you can't find an ATM. You can't just be like, hey, can I borrow some money from a random person? So that would be really uh, a nightmare situation. So running out of money is, is a huge fear of mine and that's why I make sure I have extra dollars, US dollars. Could be euros, I guess, but dollars is widely considered and accepted everywhere. You can exchange it at any exchange desk in any airport in the world. And frankly speaking, you could also just give someone dollars and convince them that, that you can, they can exchange it for their own currency. You can't just run around the world with Vietnamese dong and be, and, and be in Bulgaria and be like, hey, can I just give you this dong and like we'll call it even. So yeah, US dollars um, is important and um, also, never forget to smile at people because uh, that's also a way that you can stay safe. So I'll also bring with me my smile. So my camera, my money, and my smile is the answer. All right, we're gonna do two more here. From Darius, what's your advice on someone who wants to start a YouTube channel? Be consistent, post often, share stories about things you're passionate about, and uh, just go. <laughs> just start and you'll evolve and pivot as you go. Last question. From Bera, have you ever traveled to every U.S. state? Yep, I finished uh, in Hawaii earlier this year. I visited all 50 states and I've been to 40 of the states more than once. So now I wanna visit all the regions in Canada and, Aust and Australia and Mexico and India, all the states there. So that's kind of my next tier. I had a lot of fun guys in this Q&A. Thank you for your questions. We'll do it again soon. It's nice to catch up with you guys um, on many levels. And you know, there's 
a lot of exciting things going on. Even though I'm home, I'm regrouping. I have a lot of amazing stories coming out on my YouTube channel, amazing stories coming out on my podcast. So if you guys um, would throw a like, throw a review on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, it would mean a lot to me. I really enjoy this space to connect with you guys and um, would love to hear from you. So uh, yeah, reach out when you can and have a wonderful day and uh, happy travels and stay safe out there. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody who would enjoy listening. And if you're here for the first time, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave a review. Every week, I'm going to be looking through them and highlighting my favorite one. And with that all being said, I will see you guys next week.